This episode of the Productivity is Podcast is brought to you by University of California, Irvine, Division of Continuing Education. UC Irvine is ranked among the top 50 universities nationally and ranks 10th among all public universities. There's a lot more to talk about when it comes to UCI's Division of Continuing Education. I'll get into that during this episode of the show. But in the meantime, you can check out their website, ce.uci.edu. That's ce.uci.edu. I'll have more about the UCI Division of Continuing Education during the show. But for now, let's get on with the proceedings. Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vardy. And this week on the show, I have Joey Cafone, the founder and CEO, co-founder and CEO of Baron Fig. And uh, I've been wanting to chat with him for a while. I've, I've listened to the podcast that Baron Fig puts together. I've had many occasions to sit and chat with Joey at the Baron Fig offices. Let me be absolutely clear up front. There's more to this than just me chatting endlessly about Baron Fig products. My uh, affinity to their products is, you know, well documented. We just talk about, you know, his some of the stuff he's brought up in his podcast, some of the initiatives he's put together in terms of, you know, the, we talked about this with James Clear in a recent episode, you know, the, 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 the journal they put together, which is a bit of a departure than the products that Baron Fig has put up before, you know, what it's like bu- building physical products, you know, how he goes about uh, building a team that's that's crafting these products. So much to get into. Uh, I just had a really great time. And again, like with most episodes, I could have gone on forever. But in the interest of time, we didn't. And in the interest of time, we're just going to get to things. So here's my conversation with Joey Capone here on the Productivity's Podcast. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome my pal from Baron Fig. See, I told you I'd go in a completely different direction. The <laughs> 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 founder of Baron Fig CEO, Joey Capone. Joey, thanks for joining me today. Mike, thanks for having me. All right, we're going to jump right into something that I heard you talk about on the the Baron Fig podcast. Eureka, which you listen, Eureka, you need to listen to it. It's, I mean, it's I would say it's a would you say it's a semi frequent? Um, because the schedule is a bit. I would say semi frequent, right? <laughs> semi frequent is excellent. I aim for twice a month. All right. Um, and, and that's good because it's not like every, every other Monday, it's not bi-weekly, it's twice a month, which gives you that ability. So semi-frequent, um, <laughs> you talk to James Clear, uh, and, and one of the things that you mentioned during that episode was the, uh, the, this mantra that you have that you talked about with your wife, uh, called point don't plan. And it was one of the things that kind of stood out to me during that episode that, that, uh, I think a lot of people kind of, uh, they tend to they tend to get really, really rigid with what plans they have. And I want you to discuss what, what point don't plan means to you, both in terms of how you operate in, in your, in your, you know, your, your home life, but also in terms of your work life with Baron Fig. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad you picked that out of all the things uh, that we talked about. That's one of my favorite ideas to explore with uh, people who are like-minded so point don't plan is kind of my my interpretation of how the world works, you know, how goals work. So we all have the goals that we set and uh, they're great. We should have goals. I'm not against them. I think James Clear, you know, he he's all, similar to what I am where he's like set the goals, but then let them go. And that's essentially what point don't plan means. For example, you know, I'm 31 and let's say at 35 – so some people would say at 35 years old, I want to live in a house twice the size of my house, right? 
Mm-hmm. And say instead of doing it at 35, I do it at 36. Well, now you know I'm bummed out that I didn't hit my my 35. But in, in in actuality, it's almost impossible to really put things on a timeline. Right. 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 Yep. So instead of saying, "Okay, I want to you know live in this house at 35," instead say, "Here are the seven things that I need to do to do that." Here's the sequence. Let me start on the sequence. And whenever it actually happens, it happens. And that's, I think, the essence of it. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that I took away from that is also it keeps imposter syndrome at bay a little bit more closely. Because if you, like, I'll use it in a personal example. So, for example, uh, you know, I had a, a, you know, about a week before we had this conversation, I sat down with Michael Hyatt in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I've, I've known Michael for a while online. We've met a couple times before, but never had the opportunity to sit down. And one of the things that I learned uh, a year previous to meeting with him was just the scope and scale of his team and how things operate. And we, we both dance in the same space, right? Um, by So for a while, I was doing this comparison trap with him. Like, oh, but look, he's got this planner out already and all that stuff that, that you yeah. know, creeps in, right? But if you have this mantra, point, don't plan, that it's like, look, I want to, you know, uh, write this book. I want to get this planner or whatever it's going to be. Whatever your goal is, it as long as you stay true to it and you have the like a map, right, which is what you basically talking about, like the sequence. And, and and when you say sequence, I know you don't mean like do this in these specific orders. It's just that the steps could vary. Some things could be done in parallel, et cetera. I mean, it, it's all very much a personal way to approach it. But it, it actually can help you say, look, you know what? I'm on the right path. So don't get caught in comparing yourself with this person or that person or this company or that company. Instead, just focus on on what we're pointing towards and keep following those steps and you'll get to the place that you want to go, which may not be where that other person you're comparing yourself to or that other company you're comparing yourself to is. Right. And in addition to that, I think it also leaves you more open to um, forks in the road. Right. Or maybe instead of just focusing on this end thing, you're actually focusing on what you're doing at the moment. And then you can see different opportunities where maybe instead of a house double the size, if I, you know, take a different path, I might get a house, I don't know, triple the size. Right, right. You might live in a completely different area. You might, I mean, right. your, your house, you could envision your house being in, you know, upstate New York, but instead you're like, you know what? Winters kind of suck. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go to, <laughs> let's be in Phoenix instead or somewhere else. Speaking, let's talk about, you know, this idea of, of, uh, you know, uh, th- things might change or you're, you're pointing this direction. You, when you built Baron Fig, Baron Fig came out of like a notebook. <laughs> a notebook yeah. on Kickstarter. And, we, we, and you know, just before we started, we were discussing some of the new products that you'll be releasing. Uh, again, by the time this airs, they'll d- definitely be out there. And then some, there will be more. It, it You know, there seems to be a new product coming out every, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, let's go semi-frequently. Let's go semi-frequently. <laughs> What, yeah. th- let's let's talk about you know the initial startings of Baron Fig because I know a lot of people are are fascinated by you know y- you listen to podcasts like How I Built This with with Guy Raz and stuff like that where where they talk about like where the company started and then how they got to where they are now. Um, you know, there's been a real renaissance over the past several years with paper products, especially you know the analog tools, um, tools for thinkers. You know, like we talk, you know things things like that. Can you can you talk about like when hey this is where where we started this is what the idea was 
and now it's been expanded to where Baron Fig is today. I know that's yeah. a big that's a big question, but if you could try to try to carve out some <laughs> of it, that'd be great. Yeah, no, sure. And feel free to interrupt if you want to want me to go in a different direction. So back in uh, 2013, I was uh, just fresh out of design school, and I was actually um, Baron Fig is my fifth endeavor. And uh, knock on wood, it's it's been the best so far. Uh, but back then we were at a Thai restaurant. I'll never forget. It was me, Adam, my now co-founder, and our friend Scott. And we were sitting at this uh, table, and it had a a red and white checker box tablecloth. And I, I won't forget it because I looked at it and I was like, "This is not. We're not having a picnic." And it's a really weird tablecloth indoors at a Thai restaurant. So I'm sitting there, and I said, "You know, I, I like this idea of the notebook thing uh, because I don't think there is number one." a notebook out there that I really like, but number two, and more importantly, a brand that I can get behind. Because if you look at companies like Moleskin, uh, they, it, it, like on their website, for example, it's a lot of visual art. And when I actually look at notebooks that I'm using in the designers and writers and entrepreneurs, the notebooks are filled with not drawings, but lists and scribbles and kind of brainstorms. And there wasn't a brand that said, hey, you're not really drawing in your notebooks. You guys are thinking with your notebooks. So that's the kind of brand that I wanted to build. And uh, we started in 2013. We we did five months. I actually uh, quit freelancing. I was a freelance designer then. I gave all my clients away and I did all day every day talking to hundreds of thinkers around the world. And a thinker is defined as a writer, an illustrator, et cetera, uh, entrepreneurs, or, you know, an accountant, anyone really that uses their brain for their work. And out of all these conversations, I distilled the feedback into the Confidant Notebook, put it on Kickstarter, and we sold nearly 10,000 notebooks in 30 days. And then it just, it just, I mean, it's, that was five and a half years ago, and I feel like it was yesterday. And and the and now uh, since then you know there's pens there's there's wallets there's uh, you know there's there's bags there's there's so there's so many other things um, I I'm a huge fan as you know um, and you could probably attest by looking at the customer invoices that I've probably sent you over the years I know my <laughs> wife's not as big a fan. <laughs> because she's like why do you need another pen i'm like no but this one's orange like you don't understand um what there is an actual facebook group which i will also link to for those of you on facebook uh that it's called baron fig fanatics and that's that i want to focus on that word for a second not just in terms of being fanatical about the brand which is what you were talking about right like being fanatical about like a brand that you can get behind because there you are one of the brands i can get behind ug monk's another one um you know there's i mean i could look around and probably find several others here that uh just by looking around my office and i could say okay that's that's another brand but um what about uh being fanatical about processes and and building products for baron fig um is there an element of being fanatical about what your what goes into a Baron Fig product? Can you talk a little bit about how you went from a confidant notebook to all of these other things and what goes into the the process of of deciding, hey, this is something that Baron Fig is going to deliver to the to the world? Yeah. So my official title is founder and CEO. And we did that back when we were exploring the idea of 
raising capital, so I had to get an official title. But I've since declined capital and decided to be independent for now because uh, of the creative freedom. But before all that, uh, I was a designer, right? That's that's kind of who I am. And I'm, so designer as CEO, I suppose, is the is the definition of me. And design is integrated into everything that I do and how I look at the world. And I don't think that was something that it's not something that I I chose. It's it's how I grew up for whatever reason, being very nitpicky and detail oriented. And then design just seemed like, okay, that is what I should do with this. So when we started Baron Fig, we were very much design oriented on making this like the quote unquote perfect notebook. And I, you know, we put our heart and soul into it in every step of the way from the actual design of the the notebook itself to the functioning, the paper, the packaging, how we present it from top to bottom and how we talk to the customers. And that was just the first notebook. So you asked, of course, like, how do you, how do we get all of these things from that notebook? You know, and a really a question I get a lot is, Hey, Joey, like what's the deal? Are you a notebook company? And the answer is no, I'm building a thinker company, mm-hmm. right? The team in New York is figuring out what thinkers need and building those. So it starts with the notebook at the center, right? Imagine a circle. And then we draw a circle around that. What's the next thing that relates? And it's a pen or a pencil to use with that notebook. Very much connected. And then you just draw another circle and we have cases for those goods. And then we have bags that we use to carry these goods, right? And what we're doing is we're just slowly drawing circles. Every year we add a circle. And that's that's five years and it's essentially five circles that have, they're going outward. And the idea is to continue to create goods for thinkers in much like how Nike creates goods for athletes. Right. And I mean, so we've got, let's use, let's use Nike as an example. Uh, You know, I mean, they're primarily known for shoes, right? But they make all kinds of different apparel. They've also made apps, right? You know, Nike is paired up with, you know, Apple in particular. Um, You've gone down that road a couple of times, right? What, uh, and, and I know that I beta tested one of them, right? And did that? Um, and I think that one did that one make it to prime time? I can't quite remember. It did. It did no. not. Did it? It just. It it did not. It did not. So tell me about your foray from like that that digital space. Is that something that because thinkers use digital digital goods? Is that something that you've you've obviously made a couple of attempts to? Is it a nut that you're you're like, okay, you know, we're not going to crack that nut. We're going to stay in, in our lane of, of physical analog kind of products. Or is it something because of the way that you, you, the ethos of Baron Fig that you're like, you know, we're going to put that aside for now and come back when we we think we've got something that we can deliver in, in that space that may, may break through as opposed to the other two things that we put out there before. Yeah. So we have four, we've done four apps, three mm. of them, pub, three of them public and okay. that one that was experimental Really, I will say that the the core limitation is the cost that goes into creating an app. It's you would think that physical goods are more, and they are in a sense that we have to before we can sell you a notebook, we have to to produce thousands of them, right? And that's just essentially money sitting on a shelf until you buy it. Whereas an app doesn't have, you know, how much we could have one app download or a million and at relatively similar price. Uh, but the development for creating apps is more expensive for a small team like us. Right. And I am extremely excited about the potential there. Um, I am not some sort of um, crusader of the analog. 
as I, I think that, <laughs> <laughs> that that's I could, what that's what I was going to call you out of the gate. So I'm glad that <laughs> you you've, you've straightened me out on that. I, I I get that a lot where people are like, "Whoa, like, do you use a, a an iPhone? Do you use it?" <laughs> no, I said a carrier pigeon. No, with one of, with one of our, with one of our, our, I rip a sheet out of a, one of our smaller notebooks and send it off. No. <laughs> Yeah, next year we're introducing the Baron Fig Carrier Pigeon. Well, you're it's in New York, right? Water. So it's, I mean, it, there's there's a good supply there. Anyway, <laughs> keep oh. <laughs> Right. So, uh, where was, oh, uh, analog. I'm not, you know, analog versus digital. For me, I, I genuinely don't even think of it that way. I don't see them that way at all. What I see in my head is... What the question that I ask myself when choosing the tool to use is what is the best tool for the job? I love my iPhone. I love my MacBook. They're not going to be replaced by analog tools. They're fantastic. But what a notebook does very well, a notebook and a pen that a phone or a screen in general does not do well yet is facilitating free thought. Right, right now, I open up a blank page. I don't have limitations. I can draw, I can doodle, I can write, I can diagram, and I don't have to click around and choose different formats to do that or use a Google Sheet for one thing and a document for another or create only a list that has you know, a certain indentation. It's just complete freedom on page. Mm-hmm. And that is why, for now, the notebook is the best tool for thinking outside of your head. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ConVo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. 
In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. We're going to take a break from the show to talk about our sponsor, the University of California, Irvine Division of Continuing Education. Now, established in 1962, the UCI Division of Continuing Education has been offering education for adult learners in Orange County for over half a century. UC Irvine's ranked among the top 50 universities nationally in the United States and ranks 10th amongst all public universities. And that's coming from a U.S. News and World Report annual college survey. Now, what's great about uh, UCI Division of Continuing Education is that they offer programs in a wide range of categories from business to IT, healthcare, finance, and law. And there are online courses that offer flexibility and a real immersive online classroom experience since you get to collaborate with your peers. And you'll get to save time because you don't need to go anywhere. You can take them from anywhere. That flexibility factor is really, really huge. And they offer over 60 convenient certificates and specialized studies in programs on campus and online designed for the working professional who seeks to advance their career and have career advancement and personal enrichment. And this show is all about that. So I strongly encourage you to check out the UCI Division of Continuing Education programs. If you're trying to start a new career, build a company, or better develop an appreciation of the world around you, I got to tell you, the UCI Division of Continuing Education has the resources needed to support your undertakings. Spring quarter is coming up and registration is now open. So visit ce.uci.edu to learn more. That's ce.uci.edu to learn more. I'd like to thank the UCI Division of Continuing Education for sponsoring this episode of the Productivity is Podcast. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's let's unpack that a little bit more because as we're uh, as we're talking, one of the things that I've been working myself through, and I do this, I'm doing this every day, which I normally don't do. And this is this is akin to something else you talked to James about about like tiny habits. And uh, I have a maintaining uh, time block that I use every day. You talk about something that you wanted to do every day, and maintain is one of them, just something that allows you to you know keep things going. I have three horizontal themes. I'll link to that in in the show notes. But I have uh, maintain, 
or maintaining time, making time and musing time. So maintaining is all of the, you know, I would probably classify that as administrative work, both for home and, and business. Making is making anything, right? Whatever I'm going to make, it could again be for home or for business. And then musing is just like that thinking time or journaling or noodle, even noodling to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I've been playing with is this app called Notion, which I'm sure you've heard of. Um, love it. it. Yeah. So there's a good example of a tool that has a lot of freedom and you can do a lot with it. And what I've found is, um, the fascinating thing is when you see a tool like that versus another tool that has a lot more rigidity to it, or maybe doesn't have as much flexibility or fluidity to it is that users are like, I wish that these other ones that were more rigid, you could do this with, or you could do that with, or how can I, which is why I think Notion has kind of taken off because you can personalize the the, the heck out of it, which is what you could do with a, with a, with a paper notebook. So I, to your point, I think that technology apps and such, there, there is a framework that is built in that users have to kind of think outside the box to make work. And we see this happen with apps all the time, you know, task apps that I use when I, work with clients, I say, no, don't think about red, you know, priority flags and Todoist as priority one, priority two, priority three. Think of them as, you know, w red flag is urgent, orange flag is important, yellow flag is is delegate or something like that. Like, like right. don't use what they put, don't let that define you, right? Like my friend Patrick Rohn calls them like sensible defaults. Just because you get an iPhone or an Android device and they have all these notifications turned on, that may not be, that's not for you, that's for them. That's so that, you know, that's for the that's for the user experience that they want you to have. Um, no paper, I think, allows you to have the user experience that you want to have. But I think the one barrier for people, and I want you, this is where I'm going with this, is they don't know where to, like, you know, they almost need that framework. They need that structure to a yeah. certain extent. So where do you, you know, I know with the new, with the new clear, uh, the, the new clear journal, there is a framework built in there based on what you, you and James uh, have put together. Explain when you said for now, you talked about apps aren't uh, necessarily they don't they're not the best, uh, you know, they're not the best tool for thinkers right now. But you have now started to add some frameworks, not just to the clear, you know, the clear journal, but also to, uh, you know, your daily you've, you've got you've had daily planners out now you've got the the smaller seasonal ones. Um, you've 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 adapted, you've evolved. Um, is that something that you, you know, you've said, hey, look, we need to add a bit more framing to this because it's going to help help people? Mm -hmm. Or is it based solely on um, the, the need for people to say, hey, I've got this in the digital world, I want to bring it to the paper world or vice versa, and having some sort of framework in place creates less friction when doing so? Yeah, good question. A good, uh, good eye too, in noticing that we are subtly maneuvering towards a different style or integrating a new style rather. Uh, before I before I get to that, I do want to say that I am a huge fan of Notion. I use it every day. I recommend it all the time. And just in general, digital tools, you know, Notion, iPads, I'm rooting for that. Mm -hmm. At, you know, there's Joey, the entrepreneur, as uh, Baron Fig founder, and then there's Joey, the customer, the, the user. And the Joey, the user is very much excited to see the iPad actually do really great things uh, with the pencil and whatnot. And Joey, the entrepreneur, he takes the back seat and he just watches because the last thing I want to be is a founder, as an entrepreneur, as someone who is in denial about reality. And that's how business goes downhill. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm, totally, totally. And I mean, 
Uh, we've seen other notebook companies pair up with digital. You've seen Molus can do that with their initially with Evernote. Then they've created their own smart capture system. We saw this with the light, light, you know, the live scribe pen years ago, where it's like, how do we merge the analog and yeah. digital world? It's funny. I have an Apple pencil. It comes out every once in a while, mainly when I'm sitting in a, you know, actually remember the last time I really pulled it out and used it was when I'm sitting in a conference and, uh, you know, listening to it, like I was watching the guys from Studio Neat and they were talking about building actually a physical product. And that's when I had my thoughts of like, oh, I have this idea for like all of a sudden the idea for the planner that I want to build, you know, obviously a bit more simplified than some of the stuff that we see out there. I'm like, oh, and I quickly sketched it using the Apple Pencil because then what I could do is, and I did it in Penultimate, is I could share it with my graphic designer instantly, much, much easier. So there's the right. bar- the, the friction was lower, but it, it's it's uh, it's a um, limited use case still at this point to, to your point earlier about digital versus versus uh, paper. But let's get back to the question I have about, you know, the the framing that you've started to put in some yeah. of your products. So back in the day when I started Baron Fig, my, I was adamant that the notebook was yours, not ours. And what I mean is there was nothing on the inside that you had complete freedom, you know, blank pages, whether they were dot grid, had nothing on them, or they were ruled, were 100% yours. Well, it's been over a little over five years since then, and we've done that. And I think we've done that well. And now, like you said, the next evolutionary step is how can we guide you a little bit? How can we make it so that the people who are a little bit intimidated by the blank page, and that's fine if you're out there, you know, you know who you are, and that's totally, totally common and fair. Uh, the blank page is... is it is extremely intimidating, even to people who face it every day professionally, you know, painting or de- designing. So now we have guided editions. We released our first one in August a couple months ago, a few months ago, which was the Dream Journal. Mm-hmm. And we're planning on doing several more. And James Clear's collaboration, the Clear Habit Journal, is one of them. So what it is now, we're taking our tried and true products like the Confidant Notebook, the hardcover, and we're putting structure in there that guides you, which in my mind is not telling you how to use it. It is guiding you and giving you options. So for example, the majority of James Clear's book is a what we call a split grid. It's like an advanced dot grid that also helps you divide the page into halves and thirds. But in the back, James wrote all these toolkits, which are original content that James wrote you can't get anywhere else, which tell you how to use – give you ideas and ways to use the notebook. For example, he has a decision-making uh, toolkit. He has productivity in there. He's fitness in there, ways that you can kind of enrich your life. And so that's the direction that we're heading in. And James, James's uh, – this collaboration took a year to make and – it's one I'm most excited about. I can't wait for everybody to start using it. And James, uh, you know, I think everything that I've, I've known James for a few years, we, we don't know each other terribly well, but we've, we've hung out a couple of times at uh, in Portland at the World Domination Summit and other areas. Uh, everything he does is, and he talks about this in the episode, which I'll link to, of course, uh, you know, like there's there's a meticulousness to it. There's a, there's a you know, it, everything is done really deliberately. And that's something that you guys have done too. I mean, there's, you. it's very right. easy for a company to get lost in, especially when there's so much competition out there. And since, you know, in the five plus years that you guys have been around, other companies have come around. Other companies have built uh, products that are, you know, similar or, uh, and again, there has been that renaissance of paper products. I I think a lot of it, maybe not a lot of it, but um, 
let me put it this way. When, when a podcast called How Did This Get Made, which is a comedy podcast about movies that you probably, have you heard of that podcast before? It's really hilarious. I, I think so. Yeah. It's the one where so. they, where they review movies that are terrible and wonder how they got made. When, when, <laughs> when one of the stars references bullet journaling, you know that it's in the zeitgeist. And I think that bullet journaling did have a, like, did play a role. Maybe not as big as I'd like to think, because, you know, I am in this bubble, as are you to a certain extent. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. but I think that bullet journaling did play a role in that. And I think what, what I find uh, fascinating is that as there's been, you know, a, a return to paper or a, 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 a renaissance of it, um, one of the things that I think that anyone who, who, buys you know a baron fig notebook or a baron fig pen or whatever first off you're getting top quality which i mean and this is not me turning this into a commercial i just want to like i don't do this very often <laughs> but but i mean the idea is is that it's a connection it, it creates a better connection with the things you're thinking about the things you're acting upon because when when push comes to shove digital tools can shove Digi they can push back they can you know oh, yeah. they, whereas paper the only pushback you're getting is from the thoughts that you had prior or the thoughts you're having currently they're not the, you're not getting any, you're not getting a notification popping up and i kind of see myself as a hybrid user you know things live in in these digital spaces for long-term incubation or for you know long-term planning but the notebook is for me like often a satellite or a you know i want to create a deeper connection with it how how do you as someone who is not a, a crusader or champion for analog, but someone who obviously you know creates analog products, creates products in general, yeah, but also uses digital stuff. How do you how do you play between those spaces so that way you you know because you are an entrepreneur and you've got long term goals, and you know we do live in this culture that requires. I mean, your stuff is coming from all different places, and you're dealing with uh, you know I know you've got uh, you know people that you're contacting outside of the immediate space that you and, and the Baron Fig team are working in. How do you, how do you balance those? So is the question about how do I literally use mm -hmm. the tools in my life? Yeah, I would say that that's probably what I was getting to. <laughs> it was a, it was a nice it was a nice uh, it was it wasn't very it wasn't a brief <laughs> way of getting to that. But it, it, it that's where I want to go. No, no, no. That's great. Uh, so I, I, um, I use my phone for when an idea strikes and I'm on the go. Absolutely. I write it down in notion and I figure it out later. Uh, but what I do is with my notebook, I have a notebook in my bag at all times. So whenever I have a free moment, uh, you know, in between meetings, I'm always doodling. And then, uh, my notebook is actually a fixture on my desk, I have one that just sits there in the same way that uh, my keyboard does. So I have my laptop up or my monitor up front, the keyboard in front of me. And then in front of that is a, a, a notebook, a large format uh, confidant wide open. And so I constantly go from the screen down to the page up and down as I develop ideas simultaneously digitally and analog. So then my next question is, and this one would be a bit tricky, and you can feel free not to answer. It's kind of like, you know, the Andy Cohen, like, you know, you, you can take a pass on this one. What are the okay. what are the products that you guys have built that you're like, you thought you would use? And you're like, nah, I'm not really using it. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think we you're actually bringing up a really interesting thing by accident, which is I'm surprised how many of the products we do use. We have them all over and they're on the shelves and people can grab them. And there's, there's, you know, different people use the sticky notes, the right. nomads. I do not use them at all. Right. 
I prefer using, I thought I would use them a lot actually, but I prefer hands down the strategist note cards, which mm. are dot grid. I have a stack of them next to my computer and any ideas or thoughts or like a single, I don't know, uh, like a microcosm of an idea goes on a, a note card. And then I have this whole system where I organize them, where they're either displayed in front of me, tucked away or trashed. That makes sense. And I mean, I'm, I'm, so I guess the answer is, no, go back, go back. Seriously. So the answer, the answer is. The answer is definitely, I would say for me, the sticky notes are um, supplanted by the index cards. And so, you know, you mentioned that, you know, the the office, everyone in the office uses all the different tools. So there's some people that are going to use the sticky notes versus the, the index cards and such. Uh, often things are built uh, based on a need that you need to fill for yourself. You know, like, hey, there's, you know, there's. Uh, I need to figure out I, whether it's a physical product or just a system, right? Like, and, and you, again, you and James talked about this idea in, in that episode where it's like, look, you know, it's, you know, these goals, you know, back to the original thing we talked about point, you know, point, uh, not plan, like point don't plan. Um, right. The idea that you could have that, but you've got to have a system or a process in place so that you can get to where you want to go, as opposed to just, you know, blindly trusting that things are going to work out. And in, in the end, when you're building, like, when you guys are coming up with product ideas, is that the first place you look or do you now, where do you look now when you say, Hey, you know what? We need to build something Does someone in the office go, Hey, you know what we could use around here and we could probably build it is this, or is it, uh, Hey, someone in the, you know, someone on, on the Facebook group or some other customer says, you know, what we could use you know, a jacket, a jacket would be great that can carry extra notebooks or, you know, we need a desk or, or a portable desk <laughs> or something like that. Cause a notebook jacket. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scotty vest has done quite well with jackets Love that it. have tons of pockets, right? <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, so yeah, where do ideas come from or, you know, where do I look rather? Right. We have a, a internal handbook which I wrote when there was like just me and Adam, but I, I had a feeling that if I wanted to maintain a spirit, a certain spirit that was, wasn't the average spirit that I had to outline it early. And one of the things in this notebook is good ideas come from anywhere. And so we encourage the team to speak up if they have a, an idea and they're not sure about it. Even if, you know, the, the Peter, the developer doesn't know anything about, say, marketing or custom notebooks, like he'll still throw out an idea. And I think keeping that open dialogue has been very healthy. And on top of that, you know, remember early on, I said we talked to 500 thinkers around the world and, mm -hmm. and got feedback. Well, we have kept those channels wide, wide open. Almost at every step of you interacting with Baron Vig, whether the website and email or when you actually get the product, somewhere on it, it is saying, hey, do you want to shoot us some feedback? Share your thoughts. And so we're constantly just having these like little conversations with each other, with customers. I'm, uh, of course, looking at my own life and using all of this together to make decisions. And really, the decisions are just, hey, what's the next thing we're going to try, right? Because we don't ever look at anything as like, hey, this is the next big hit. It's just, let's try this now. This seems sensible, and we'll see what happens. Joey, this has been a great conversation. Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I, was, I still have that original notebook from the Kickstarter campaign, and I have the original Squire that I use consistently. And, and um, as, as we wrap up, last question, you did and, and you guys have used Kickstarter and crowdfunding for some of your products, but you seem to be 
able to move away or you have moved away from that or is it still part of the strategy that you guys are using because you're not alone in that there's a lot of companies that say hey you know what we were thinking about building this thing they're well established but they're like we want to make sure that this product is something that you know we're it's worth investing our time and energy and, and resources in uh, is that still part of the baron fig uh, way of doing things or part of the ethos or is it, is it are you shifting away from that because again you're releasing things on a semi-frequent basis at this point <laughs> yeah kickstarter we did three of them over uh three and a half years or so and i think it's safe to say that kickstarter is now uh behind us completely we we've outgrown it it just doesn't work the same also i can understand where some people some people don't see baron fig as a small team uh they really don't know what's behind it and so when you're putting things on kickstarter People often think that this is sort of helping them do a thing that they couldn't do otherwise, and which is absolutely true when we go on Kickstarter. But I think people have the perception of Baron Fig that we're this huge or bigger company that could afford certain things. Where it it's oftentimes you know to to when we introduce the bags that could have bankrupted us if we were wrong because it was so much money to produce those bags, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. I think now it's kind of we're at the point now where we've learned a lot and um, everything is going through baronfig.com. And that's where you can go. Where can people find you and uh, keep up with what you're doing as well? Because there's more to you than just Baron Fig. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would love for people to, since we're on a podcast, check out Eureka Podcast by Baron Fig, where we chat with thinkers turning ideas into reality. That's always fun. And feel free to uh, shoot me a message on Twitter at Joey Cofone, C-O-F-O-N-E. Joey, thanks for joining me today on the Productivity Podcast. Mike, thank you for having me. And there you have it. That's how things went down. Joey uh, is a great guy. I've really enjoyed following the journey of Baron Fig uh, since its beginnings. Literally, I still have the uh, original journal that I that I backed, the original confidant. And I, I have, I mean, if I opened the drawer right now, you'd be flabbergasted the amount of notebooks I have from them. Um, I've got tons of their pens. I just admire the, the way that they've built things. And uh, it's always cool to be able to talk to makers, uh, not just people who are, you know, just, uh, you know, building digital products or, or, you know, writing books or whatever, but people who are building things and visionaries behind that. So it was really, tr- really a great treat to talk with Joey today. You can learn more about everything they're offering at baronfig.com. And of course, uh, all the links will be in the show notes, which, uh, you know, I, I think is, again, as usual, uh, kind of a fantastic thing to have happen. Uh, big thanks to uh, my producer, John Polster, for putting this show together. Big thanks to you for listening. Subscribe. Subscribe to the show. We've got lots of great guests coming up in a huge back catalog. So that way you can get back uh, into the groove of listening to older episodes that we've done. You can see the journey I've been on since I first started podcasting with this show. Of course, there's many other podcasts before this, but we won't get into that right now. That's for another time. <laughs> and again, if you like the show, uh, ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the show help because we look at the feedback and we go, what can we do better? What 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 do, what are we doing well? And and take it from there. So again, thanks to you for listening. Thanks to everybody that was involved with this episode. And uh, I'm I'm just really happy to be able to put this out for you every single week. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later.